Hello everyone, my name is Wendy Myers. Welcome to the Myers Detox Podcast. And you can go to my website, myersdetox.com and see hundreds of podcasts and hundreds of free articles on how to detox heavy metals and chemicals. That's what this show is about, where we talk about every aspect of detoxification, including uh, supplements, detox protocols, and today we talk about diet. Today's podcast with Dr. William Lee will focus on eating to beat disease. He wrote a fantastic book called Eat to Beat Disease, where we talk about um, all kinds of different things like which foods starve cancer, top food myths that people may not be aware of, the body's top five defense systems and how to eat to support them, and some of the latest research on food science. I know some of you guys listening to the show are concerned about detoxing heavy metals, how to do it right, where to get started, do's and don'ts. So I created a quiz that you can take at heavymetalsquiz.com, takes two seconds. And after that quiz, you get the results, what your relative levels of heavy metals are in your body based on your lifestyle and diet choices. And then you get a free video series on how to get started what are the next steps to detoxing your body burden of heavy metals and chemicals? So take the quiz at heavymetalsquiz.com. Our guest today, Dr. William Lee, is a world-renowned physician, scientist, speaker, and author of Eat to Beat Disease, The New Science of How Your Body Can Heal Itself. He's best known for leading the Angiogenesis Foundation. And he has groundbreaking work, uh, which has impacted more than 70 diseases, including cancer, diabetes, blindness, heart disease, and obesity. His TED Talk, Can We Eat to Starve Cancer, has garnered more than 11 million views. And he's also appeared on The Dr. Oz Show, Martha Stewart Live, CNN, MSNBC, NPR, Voice of America, and has presented at the Vatican's Unite to Cure conference. An author of over 100 scientific publications in leading journals such as Science, the New England Journal of Medicine, The Lancet, and more, Dr. Lee has served on the faculties of Harvard, Tufts, and Dartmouth Medical School. You can learn more about Dr. Lee and his work at drwilliamlee.com. So Dr. Lee, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's a pleasure, Wendy. I'd love to talk to you about things that we're both passionate about, which is how we can eat to improve our health. Yes. So you wrote a book called Eat to Beat Disease. How did you get interested in the concept of food as medicine and eating to beat disease? Well, I'm a medical doctor. I'm trained as an MD and I practice internal medicine. And I'm also a researcher research scientist. So I'm a, what you call a vascular biologist. So I study blood vessels. I've been doing this for about 25 years. And one of the things that I noticed is that even though there were amazing medicines that have been developed, and I've actually been involved myself in helping to help establish about 32 FDA approved uh, treatments, I always recognize that when my patients actually were walking out of my clinic, they'd always have a question and they would kind of like get dressed and, um, and, and leave the office and they pop back in and say, Hey doc, what can I do for myself? What should I be eating? And this is about 10 years ago. And I realized that, you know what? I was never taught that in medical school 
or in any of my clinical training. And I felt that was wrong that I didn't have the tools to answer that question. So that set me on this journey to really use my background as a research scientist, but also as, you know, sort of a hardcore trained medical doctor to figure out what the answer is. And that answer is that when it comes to food and health, it's not just about the food. It's really also about how our body responds to what we put inside it. And that actually led me to write this book, which is to really um, reveal what are the secrets inside our body that when we eat certain foods can activate our own health defense systems. Yes. Yeah. And how has the science evolved to support this? Like how has the science evolved to help us understand how to eat to be disease? Right. Well, so uh, I'll, give, I'll tell you the answer to that, but the, the most important thing for your uh, uh, listeners to know is that how fast the science is actually developing. Like if you wanted to take a look at, you know, if, if nutrition was moving along at, you know, 40 miles an hour over the last decade, I can tell you within the last two years, it's zooming up to like supersonic speeds. We are now learning more about how our body responds to different foods and what's inside the food and how it impacts our uh, gut bacteria faster than actually we can process it. Um, but this research you know, that I've been involved with started really about 40 years ago, picking up and really starting first to help us understand how to do uh, develop medicines. So we know, for example, that um, cancers uh, depend upon a new blood supply in order to grow. And so, and this is a field called angiogenesis, how the body grows blood vessels. Very important for health, but tumors can hijack this process and grow blood vessels to feed themselves. And what was discovered is that if you cut off the blood supply to cancers, you can actually stop their growth and you can stop their ability to spread. And that led to, you know, um, the development of FDA approved treatments, new, entirely new ways to treat cancer that's not chemotherapy. But, and I've been involved with that, but the interesting thing is that the science doesn't teach us about medicines. The science actually teaches us about the body. And I started to work, you know, really about 10 years ago on looking at how the foods we eat can help us um, cut off the blood supply to tumors as well, and sometimes better than medicines. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and well, tell us what some of those are. <laughs> I'm sure so many people are, uh, you know, dealing with cancer, have a loved one with cancer, and need to know how to eat to beat disease, including my brother, his wife uh, has a lung cancer diagnosis, and I've been coaching her on how to eat. Tell the listeners, what, what are your thoughts on eating to beat disease and cancer specifically? Yeah. Well, so there's no one magic food. There's no magic bullet to this. And, and the research is actually showing there's a whole series of foods that I write about in my book, Eat to Beat Disease. And, you know, it's a, actually my whole book contains more than 200 different types of foods that body's defenses. But let's talk about cancer for a minute. You know, some of the most convincing evidence that we can actually cut off the blood supply to cancer is actually coming out of studies with green tea. And it turns out that in addition to the antioxidant and anti-inflammatory and lipid lowering properties of green tea, one of the most potent and powerful uh, benefits it can have is that green tea can cut off the blood supply feeding cancers. And that's been beneficial for colon cancer, lung cancer, kidney cancer, liver cancer, and breast cancer. And so, um, you know, drinking a few cups of green tea a day 
actually uh, is one way to actually help body's ability to prevent blood vessels from feeding cancer cells. Another one actually is that may surprise some people is in fact soy. Now soy actually has become controversial and got bad reputation because some people think that the plant estrogen found in soy can uh, fuel human breast cancers because we know that some breast cancers actually uh, can be sparked by uh, human estrogen. But again, this is where I come in as a research scientist because I don't really have any preconceived notions. What I'm interested in is what does the science teach us? And when you look at the, the molecular structure, you look at the chemical structure right, um, uh, of um, soy estrogen, plant estrogens, and compare it to human estrogens, they don't look anything alike. In fact, they're just about as different as, you can, as they can be. In fact, it's been found through research that uh, plant estrogens can counter the effect of human estrogens, like block them. It's kind of like a human tamoxifen, I mean, like a plant tamoxifen. And so then you take a look um, at uh, research that I and other people have done to show that soy um, can definitely cut off the blood supply to cancers. And then a big study that I talk about in my book of 5,000 women who already have breast cancer. So these are the most vulnerable people actually uh, was, was uh, shown and published in the Journal of the American Medical Association. That's the big journal for the AMA. Uh, that those women who ate more soy actually lived longer and they had better survival. And, you know, and how much soy did you have to eat? About uh, the amount that was necessary was about 10 grams of soy protein a day. That's just the amount that you have in a, about a cup of soy milk. So again, you know, the research is really punching through um, urban legends and common beliefs and just really saying, you know, how can we just objectively look at how food, what do foods do in our body and, and how do we respond? So it's a combination of laboratory research, epidemiological research, public health research, and putting the picture together is what I wrote about in my book. And so you mentioned angiogenesis. Uh, what are some of the, the body's other key defense systems and how can foods activate them? Right. So, you know, um, I, I liken the body to be like a medieval fortress, right? So if you've ever been to Disneyland and looked at the Disney castle, that castle was modeled um, after real castles in Europe. And everybody knows like the kinds of defenses that castles have, right? So they got a moat and they got a drawbridge to prevent people from invading. They got little slits in the windows so people can, you know, shoot arrows out and, and block the invaders. But, you know, there are all these other defenses that most people don't know about that have been hardwired into the castle. For example, did you know that um, the spiral staircase of castles always wind up? They wind upwards in clockwise fashion. And the reason is because that design allows the defenders who are on the top of the stairs, and most of them are right-handed, to be able to swing downwards to hit the people coming up the stairs, whereas it dis it's a disadvantage for people who are right-handed coming up the stairs stairs is hard and so it's easier to beat the enemy so to speak um, there's also like a hole above the foyer in a castle where people could drop rocks on the heads of invaders or pour oil on them and so I, I use that analogy to say the human body is exactly the same way we are designed to be born with health defenses that are firing on all cylinders from the time we're born into our very last breath that's why you know we tend to be mostly healthy throughout our lives. And so what are these health defenses? You know, what, are, what is science teaching us about the health defenses? Well, well, there's five of them. Number one, 
angiogenesis blood vessels, which I just talked about a little bit ago, 60,000 miles worth of blood vessels that grow, that's called angiogenesis, um, and these blood vessels bring oxygen and nutrients to every single cell in our body. So whatever we eat, whatever we breathe, winds up being carried by 60,000 miles worth of blood vessels to feed every cell. We need to have just the right number of blood vessels for circulation, not too many, not too few. So think about Goldilocks, not too hot, not too cold. For blood vessels, it's not too many, not too few. And then that's one of our health defense systems that can help protect us against cancer, heart disease, obesity, and even um, uh, Alzheimer's. A second health defense system is um, our regeneration or stem cell system. Now, most of your listeners probably were told, like me, and my guess is you, um, like what did our kindergarten teachers tell us about regeneration and starfish, right? They, they told us that um, starfish regenerate and salamanders regenerate. Turns out people also regenerate. And what we now know, like that old textbook is being thrown out. What we now know is that our bodies do regenerate all the time. Our hair regenerates, the, our, our mouth, you know, the lining of our mouth regenerates. You ever bite something sharp and scrape your, your um, cheek from the inside? And it's, man, it's painful. But, you know, really within a day, it regenerates. Our gut regenerates, lung regenerates, liver regenerates. And so our stem cells help us heal from the inside out. And there are foods that can actually activate our stem cells and push our healing to regenerate from the inside out. Um, our microbiome, our gut bacteria, 39 trillion bacteria in our bodies, mostly in our gut, that when we eat foods, it feeds that bacteria. And those bacteria control our immune system. The gut talks to our brain. The, doc, duck, the gut actually helps us figure out um, how to heal uh, more effectively. And that we're just scraping the tip of the iceberg. But if we don't have good, healthy bacteria protecting us, our health is in danger. So uh, a good, healthy gut bacteria, our microbiome, is another defense system. DNA, um, not more than the genetic code, protects us against the environment. I always tell people, well, we, if you go out into the sunshine, you go to the beach. We know that ultraviolet light damages our DNA. But how come we don't get cancer, skin cancer, the day after we go to the beach? It's because the DNA fixes itself. It can protect us against the sun. Or if you're driving a car and filling up your car, your tank with gas at the filling station, I always say, do you stand upstream or downstream? And most people say, well, I never even thought about it. But if you smell that fume, those fumes, you are inhaling toxins that damage your DNA. So how come you don't have lung cancer every day, the next day? It's because your DNA is fixing itself against that damage. And then finally, our immune system is another uh, uh, defense system. And again, what we eat can powerfully take down or build up and support or boost our health defense systems. And that's what I write about in Eat to Beat Disease. Yes, yeah, because I know when you eat sugar, it lowers your immunity for six hours afterwards or you know, something to that nature. And it's, it's amazing how the foods you eat negatively impact or positively impact your body's ability to protect itself. Right. Well, listen, I mean, you know, there's a lot of attention being paid on the negative sides, right? So we know that eating a lot of red meat or processed meat or ultra uh, processed foods or sugar sweetened beverages. I mean, it's very clear from all the research in public health and otherwise uh, that those things actually weaken our body's defenses, like almost across the board. Um, all those five defense systems, they get taken down a couple of notches when we're really pounding that stuff into our bodies. One of the things that I really want to do, though, is emphasize the things, the good things we should add to our diet, because 
frankly, if we spent most of our time focusing on what's the good to add, you know, honestly, um, uh, you could probably cheat every now and then and you'll be just fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so how can people take action now? So you have your book, Eat to Beat Disease. Um, what are some of the top tips in there so that people can take action on the advice you're giving us? Right. Well, the first thing that I want people to do is to not be afraid of their food. And I think that, you know, what all, with all the discussion going on now about food and health, people have become wary about what they eat, right? So, you know, is what I'm eating bad for me? And so think about the news, right? Everybody's confused. And then they're cautious and they're starting to be paranoid about what they eat. Is, is there gluten in it? Is there, you know, um, enough antioxidants in it? Here's what I say. Um, there's more, I, I write about more than 200 foods that are good for you. I would say, take a look at that list and, and first identify the foods that you already love. Everybody likes something, right? And our body craves the things that tends to know exactly what it needs. So I say, lean into your diet, identify the foods that are, are actually good for you and circle them, okay? And make a list of them because those foods that are good for you on my list of more than 200 foods are a great way to start um, uh, with your foot forward and you can actually embrace your diet. Don't fear your diet, lean into it and embrace it. Love your food is loving your health, number one. Number two, don't eat too much because one of the things that you know has happened in, you know, after World War II, in addition to all the chemical stuff and the industrialized processed foods at TV dinners and all the stuff that came out, you know, um, a prosperous nation, you know, which is what they always talk about in the news, means that we've got the resources to eat a, a ton of food, right? So one of the things that I think I really want to emphasize to your listeners is don't eat too much. Um, Over-consuming uh, uh, is one of the most dangerous things you can do. You overload your immune system. You overload your gut and start hurting your gut bacteria. You overwhelm your body's ability to keep your blood vessels clean and healthy and feeding the tissues that you need to it has so in addition to gaining weight which is you know kind of a uh, a, a vanity thing i mean it's uh, it's unhealthy for you but we, we tend to notice our weight when we feel or other people tell us we don't look so good the reality is is that if you eat less in general people is whatever you want to put on a plate start by taking a third of it okay you can always go back for more but, and then take that third and eat it slowly because it allows your brain to not, not, not only can you savor the food, but then your brain starts to process and tell you, tell you your body that you're actually full and that's about enough. And that's one good way uh, to actually lower the amount you eat at a sitting. But you know what? If you occasionally skip a breakfast or lunch, don't sweat it. You know, that old saying that moms have like, Gotta eat your breakfast, don't skip your breakfast. You know what, actually, what the research shows, if you skip a couple of meals a day, it's probably good for your health. And uh, so I would say the second thing is too much. The third thing is the, you know some of the obvious things. Cut down or cut out red meat, okay? Um, uh, don't drink sugar-sweetened beverages. That's just unnecessarily, uh, it's, not, it's unnecessary to actually have those harmful things introduced into your body. Uh, 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 and, um, you know, sort of avoid ultra processed foods. Most of the foods that we have, you know, have some amount of processing, ultra processing. Here's my cheat sheet to people. Look at the ingredients and you can't pronounce them. It's 
probably ultra processed. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting that, you know, so many people don't read labels. They'll just see maybe there's organic in the label or it's gluten free, or they take all these other things they think are marketing terms and don't actually look at the, read the ingredients. You have to be a food detective because it's not always healthy just because it looks healthy on the label. Um, so what are some food myths? You talked about soy. Um, are there any other ones that you want to tell the listeners? Yeah, well, so I'll, I'll give you a couple of interesting ones. Uh, well, first of all, so let's just restate um, what I said earlier. Soy has a bad reputation because some women are afraid, and even doctors emphasize that it might be dangerous for women with breast cancer. The scientific truth is just the opposite. Um, uh, women who eat more soy have lower risk of breast cancer, and if they already have breast cancer, those who eat more soy actually are starving their cancer and living longer. So just the opposite. That's what the science tells us. Another uh, mythology that's out there is really about tomatoes. Um, you know, people are saying that tomatoes have, um, uh, are related to nightshade and are toxic and not good for you. Um, well, I can tell you that tomatoes actually have a natural chemical, a protective, it's a protective food. It actually has got a natural chemical that's called lycopene. And lycopene is found all throughout the flesh of the tomato uh, and, if you, uh, and actually cuts off the blood supply uh, uh, feeding uh, cancer cells. And how do we know that that actually works? Well, in real human studies, it was a study of more than 36,000 men um, studied over 20 years, and it found that those men who ate two to three servings, half cup servings, so not very much, of cooked tomatoes, tomato sauce, um, a week had up to a 30% uh, reduction in their risk of prostate cancer by cutting off the blood supply. That means that some men did develop prostate cancer, and so they studied those men too, and they did biopsies biopsies of the prostate, and then they looked into the microscope, and they found that, the, that in those men who did develop prostate cancer, those men who ate more tomato sauce actually had less aggressive and less vascularized, fewer blood vessels in their cancer, so they, could be, they couldn't be quite as aggressive. I'll give you kind of an interesting like, twist on a theme, uh, not so much a myth, but a, a sort of news that your podcast listeners can use. Uh, we know broccoli is good for you, right? Like that's an old um, that's an old saying, and we know that it's dark, leafy green, cruciferous. Um, uh, it's got slightly bitter taste, and those are natural chemicals that are good for you. The chemicals are actually, by the way, called isothiocyanates. The name doesn't matter whether you can pronounce it enough, but it's it's good for you. It actually boosts your health defense systems, all five of them. But you know, we've always been taught to eat the the tops, the tree tops of the broccoli, right? Um, and oftentimes, you know, people will buy, if you go to a farmer's market, you realize that a broccoli is not just a treetop. There's a gigantic stem that is part of that, that, that broccoli. It turns out, and we've done this my, uh, when we're doing research, if you look at the good stuff in the broccoli um, florets, the, the treetops, they are there. The stem has twice as much good mm. stuff. Natural chemicals that can activate your defenses are twice as abundant in the stems. Don't throw that away. Cook it, chop it up, look online for a recipe of broccoli stems. And many, many cultures actually cook with the stems because they somehow intuitively knew over thousands of years that the stems are actually um, not only tasty, but they're actually good for you. Same thing as mushrooms. 
you know, you, you buy white button mushrooms, you bring them home. Uh, what do you do? You cut off the stems, you chop the, the mushroom caps, right? Um, what do you do with the stems? A lot of times the stems get thrown away. So um, there is a natural, healthy chemical that boosts your immune system and feeds your healthy gut bacteria called uh, beta-glucan. It turns out that you've got beta-glucan in the mushroom cap. You've got two to three times more in the stem itself. So eat your mushroom stems as well. And this is what research is doing. It's cutting across. It's cutting through all these myths and just telling us information that we can actually use um, you know, at home. We're actually making decisions about what to eat and how to cook it. And so in your book, you have lots more myths that you're dispelling in the book. And you also have a 555 plan. Can you explain what that is? Yeah, well, you know, so when I wrote my book, Eat to Beat Disease, one of the things that I um, committed to is I, I didn't want to write a book, diet book. It wasn't interesting for me to try to create a one-size-fits-all, do this, don't do that, um, because I think that's one of the things that is so difficult about healthy eating is that there's so many diets out there. You know, everybody tries one or the other, but they tend to be very, very hard to stick to. And what I believe is that healthy eating really comes from the decisions that we make. You know, what, what you want to eat is really up to you, and it should be up to you, uh, and you just need to be informed about it. So I, you know, included 200 foods and explained how they are helpful to you. So it's abundant. You know, like I, I put more foods um, out there than, find, than you can actually find um, in the fresh aisles of the grocery store. Plenty of, to choose from. And I also, by the way, um, uh, went on, uh, I did my research by traveling not only to the, you know, the, the typical grocery store and many different types of grocery stores and not just the fancy ones, you know, not just the whole foods. I also, um, uh, went to farmer's markets and I also went, um, uh, abroad to do my research and I studied what happens in little villages in Italy and in France and also what kind of, what kind of stuff do you find? And that's what I put in my book. And the 5x5x5 five by five by five plan is really um, sort of a super easy way to think about healthy eating. Well, I tell people, look at all the foods in there, circle the ones that you like, and then just keep in mind, you know, we tend to eat food, we tend to encounter foods about five times a day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and usually a couple of snacks, right? About five times. Guess what? We've got five health defense systems, angiogenesis, stem cells, microbiome, DNA, and our immune system. So if you can just put those that you circled that you already love and eat them, um, you've activated all five health defense systems and just do it. You know, you've got five opportunities a day to do it. You can do it all in one sitting. We can spread them out over five, but at least five by five by five is sort of an easy thing, a mnemonic to actually remember. And that's really how I navigate when I go to the grocery store, when I sit down at a restaurant at a menu, I'm looking for those foods that I recognize from my book and just picking them, the ones that I love or feel like eating that I know are going to be good for me. Okay, fantastic. So, so where can people learn more about your book and learn more about your work? So, um, you know, I welcome people to sort of join me in my uh, initiative to really uh, have the world um, be healthier, to eat to be diseased by coming to my website. That's www.drdr. William Lee, L I dot com, Dr. William Lee uh, dot com, D R and L I uh, is the last name. Uh, or you can follow me on social 
and it's at Dr. Dr. William Lee. Uh, and, uh, you know, by the way, one of the things that I think, um, you know, both on social and on my website, I put up all kinds of information. This news, as I told you, is coming out of supersonic speed. So every week, I mean, there is so much new information that tells us something good that we can do. So I try not to confuse. I have a vendetta against confusion. So for me, it's about clearing up the confusion and putting stuff on the table that, that you know, for people to understand so they can make better decisions. But one of the things that I really wanted to make easy to do is, um, you know, read my book, of course, but if you really wanted to just get a shopping list, I created a free shopping list. I took all the foods in my book and I um, arranged them in the order that you might encounter them when you walk into a grocery store with your cart. And you can just download that for free because I think everybody should be, just be able to um, use this kind of information and learn how to make it second nature, you know, make it super easy for you to think about. So just come to my, web, my website, sign up, uh, and, and download a free shopping list. And that's a really great start uh, for things. And then I'm on social. I'm always updating recipes and new uh, food facts and fun news you can use. Okay, well, fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Lee, for you know, imparting your wisdom and your years of research and clinical studies as well that you know you've been reading. And so, is there what's on the horizon for you? What's kind of your next project? The next thing that you're doing? Well, one of the things that I'm I'm really excited by doing is actually taking a look at um, another big um, opportunity to eat well or eat poorly. And that's holidays. I mean, think about it. We all celebrate holidays no matter where we live in the country or where we live in the world. And no matter what we do for a living, there's always some way that we celebrate. And, you know, most people think about um, holidays as a, a time to gorge and eat stuff that's not that good for you. And then you got to pay the penance afterwards. So a big project I've got next is really to really try to organize holidays that everybody celebrates according to foods that people love and that are actually good for you and then stick them up there so people can actually, you know, download lists of the healthy foods to have during holidays and then to create their recipes for them as well. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. I, I know when I go on vacation, I tend to take a vacation from healthy eating also. <laughs> so that's, I'm guilty of that as well. <laughs> so my, my point, Wendy, is that you never need to go on vacation because if you, it's only that you think that you need to avoid um, foods that you like. What I'm telling you is, and your readers, and what I wrote about my book is that if you kind of get up to speed on what we're knowing about healthy foods, it's a, the list is a lot bigger than you think. And if you can find stuff that you really love already on there, then go for it. Go out there, go on vacation. Um, uh, don't take a, or don't go on a vacation. Like, you know, lean into your diet and just love your food in order to love your health. That's kind of my mantra. Yes. And I know a lot of people have this, this, I can't have mindset and you have to kind of turn that around. Like, oh, I can't have gluten. I can't have dairy. I can't have this or whatever the can't is and not think in that way that you can't have, th there's so much food you can have. So it's such a, a better mindset for you to kind of enjoy, enjoy your food without feeling deprived. Yeah. And if the food you enjoy uh, is, a, is the food that is protective of your health, protective foods for your health can be the same foods that you really enjoy. Then it's a win-win. You get to enjoy your life. And, you know, who doesn't want that? Oh, absolutely. Well, Dr. Lee, thanks so much for coming on the show. And again, why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you? 
So um, come to my website at www.drdrwilliamlee.com or follow me on social at uh, uh, Dr. William Lee, Dr. William Lee, L-I. And also, um, you know, get my book and share my book. You know, I think one of the things that I've been hearing about is um, people are buying my book and you can get it wherever books are sold. Um, uh, Eat to Beat Disease, a new um, uh, science of how your body can heal itself. And what I'm hearing is that people are actually getting the book and giving them as gifts to people. And, you know, because everybody knows somebody in their family or somebody in their friend network that, you know, could be um, uh, doing better or who would be interested in this kind of a thing. And that, that really makes me happy um, because the whole purpose of, that I wrote this book is to really have an impact uh, around the world. Yeah, and I love it. I love the title also because I think that really hits home. I think there's so many people out there that have a diagnosis or they have cancer or diabetes or heart disease or what have you, or they have a family member, a loved one that's dealing with this, and they're just not getting answers from their physician on how to eat well, how to have a healthy lifestyles, so that that can positively impact their their diagnosis um and they're just getting medication they're just getting medications and maybe uh medical treatments for their disease but people have to get you know attack their disease from the root which is mostly for most diseases today chronic illnesses are diet and lifestyle that are the main contributors absolutely and you know um forget about even if you're not interested in research and all that information. The fact of the matter is that healthcare doesn't only happen in the doctor's office or in a hospital. Healthcare actually is what we do for ourselves between doctor's office visits at home, uh, at the kitchen, uh, you know, uh, wherever we make a decision to eat. So it's the easiest way to actually stay um, healthy and, and, and also, I think, to enjoy your life. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Dr. Lee, thanks so much for coming on the show. And everyone, thanks so much for tuning in this week to the Myers Detox Podcast, where we discuss everything related to heavy metal detoxification and diet is for sure a very, very important part of that. So thanks for tuning in. I will talk to you guys next week. Mm -hmm.